This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Yeah, we still got congratulations rolling in for you, Jim. Uh, looking at the text messages. If you didn't hear yesterday, Jim got engaged on the weekend to his now fiance Sarah. And Karen says, I'd like to say congratulations, Jim. I hope you and Sarah have a great life. Heart emoji. Thank you, Karen. Doesn't that make it sound like it's a real final thing, Jim? It really does. Have a great life. (laughs) You're like wrapping it up. (laughs) I like this one. Diane says, well, there goes my dream of Jim Kelly marrying my daughter, Katie. She is an athlete who has the same sense of humor as Jim does. I think they would have been perfect together. But congratulations to you and Sarah. I hope things work out. Better stick to athletics, Katie. That's all you got now. It doesn't sound like Diane hopes things work out. <laughs> She's still selling her daughter. Tell Jim to ring me during the divorce round. She's gorgeous, athletic build, likes long walks on the beach. If things don't work out, Jim, <laughs> you got my number. This is not the first time. You are one of those guys, Jim, that uh, moms throughout your tenure here on the radio Moms have quite often said, oh, you'd be great for my daughter. That's true. That has happened. You're I went to a concert once and a mom came up with her daughter and like... This is my daughter, Jim. Yeah. What do you think? And I think the mom actually wanted... <laughs> I think that was just an excuse to talk to me, to be honest. Uh-huh. Got some weird vibes from her. You're kind of the boy next door, buddy. I don't know what it is. Or, or their daughters are just desperate. And I publicly said I wasn't married. And they're like, please, someone... <laughs> The most eligible bachelor in Ontario, now off the market. (laughs) Sorry, moms. So you you think the mom was using the daughter and she wanted wanted like a stippler's mom situation? The daughter didn't seem into it. She seemed awkward and shy. And the mom started asking me all these questions. Yeah, and the mom was like a fan of the show and seemed to be a lot more into it than the daughter was. Uh Uh-huh. Not that the mom wouldn't want to take me home or anything like that, but the daughter was not... Not that interested. Crazier things have happened, bud. Hey, you never know. Uh-huh. <laughs> Imagine. Oh, my God. I'd retire from the radio right there. Well, there's no point imagining now, pal. <laughs> it's all over. It's over. Yeah. Have a nice life. Well, I had a good run. Here you go. If there's money to be made, Hollywood will just grind an idea into the ground. Oh, no. What do we got? Last week, there was that Field of Dreams game, right? Mm -hmm. It was great. The Major League Baseball game that was um, in a cornfield in Iowa, right near where they filmed the movie with Kevin Costner, which is a classic. Mm -hmm. If you haven't seen Field of Dreams, watch it. It is an amazing movie, very heartwarming, celebrates the traditions of baseball. It's a a great father-son story. If you don't well up at the end of Field of Dreams, there's something wrong with you. Um, The game, excellent. They'll never have a better Field of Dreams game than the one that was played last week. Mm -hmm. So they're doing another Field of Dreams game, and there's now word that uh, there is going to be a Field of Dreams television series coming to the Peacock streaming service. That's NBC's service. Hmm. There's not a lot that we know about it, but it is being developed by the guy who created The Good Place. Which is good. Yeah, he 
came up with a hit there. People seem to love The Good Place. Mm-hmm. He's also worked on Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, so this will be a comedy. Mike Schur is his name. Those all three are comedies, so... Mm-hmm. Hmm. The Office he worked on, Saturday Night Live. you think it would be a comedy, but all we know about the show, it's not a comedy. What? Uh-huh. Way to stay in your wheelhouse, bud. <laughs> I wonder if this was just one long collaboration. How long has this been in the works? If the MLB was involved with NBC, who owns Peacock this whole time, that's kind of brilliant marketing. What but- else do we need to know about Field of Dreams? <laughs> the story was wrapped up. Is this going to be about the, the day-to-day operations of the cornfield baseball <laughs> team? Once uh, The minutia of the grass cutting and the <laughs> how they're maintaining the park. The detasseling of the corn. Once they come. We built it, they came. It turns into a comedy like, when will they leave? These ghosts (laughs) are overstaying their welcome. Now that might be funny. Mm -hmm. If if they did make it a comedy about what happens, you build a baseball diamond in a cornfield, ghosts come out to play a game of baseball, and then awkwardly, they stick around. Yeah, and these guys are all from the 1930s, so they're a little sexist, a little racist, you know? <laughs> they're just not the type of people you want to keep around. <laughs> it's super awkward for Kevin Costner and his family. <laughs> oh, jeez. It picks up now. It's been 40 years the ghosts are still there, and Kevin Costner and his family. Yeah. They're trying to sleep at night. There's the cracking bat going on, <laughs> and somebody's on the organ, the old ghost organ. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. But they are saying that the Field of Dreams show will not be a comedy Mm. as much as we think it should be. Jim, you've got some audio you wanted to play? Yeah, some some mystery audio here. You don't know what this is. I just want to play it for you, and I want you to guess, Taz, what you think is going on in this video. It's it's a very short clip, but here it is. We love you. We love you. We love you, yeah. Love you, If you were to guess. Is that like uh, a bunch of fans? Maybe they're cheering for a baseball player who just hit a home run or something <laughs> like that? No, no. Let's hear it again. Love you. We love you. Love you, yeah. Love you, yeah. Is it a ecstasy-fueled orgy in Miami? There may be some ecstasy, but I do not believe it's an orgy. It may be the opposite. A rave? Like no, it well, like, a, like a rave. What is no, it? No, it's not. It is a funeral. What? This is a funeral that's going on. Uh, what What's happening here is there's a golden casket uh, in a... Uh, the, the grave is dug. The casket's in there. The flowers are on the top of the casket and the person's friends i'm guessing are pouring liquor onto the casket uh Pour at one the out funeral for my for my homie we love you we love you, we love you. We love you. Yeah. And oh, a, guy, a guy just threw a joint on it 
And that's the music that's playing? Well, like, that's not added to the video? I don't know if it's added or it's there, but that, that music is also in that famous viral video of those guys dancing with the caskets on their shoulder from, a lo- uh, like, about a year ago. Okay. Um, so I think it's now related to funerals. So that, that that's, one... that's the hottest new track at funerals? <laughs> yeah. So long, Amazing Grace. <laughs> Say hello to... Yeah, forget Danny Boy. <laughs> I want to hear... Rest in peace. <laughs> I mean, it's a very cash, very cash funeral. Uh, everybody's in jeans. You got some chains on, backwards hats. Wouldn't you like uh, people at your funeral to be that excited? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I like the casual attire. <laughs> we love you. Jim's dead. Woo. <laughs> What's that they call an Irish wake where you get really hammered at a funeral right. or the wake or something like yeah, that? Yeah, obviously you're going to be sad and there's going to be some tears shed, but uh, the celebration of life should be a celebration. Yeah. The people you love honoring your, your life, it's, it's not a bad thing, man. Yeah, there should be some more some more alternative options for funerals. Like I would like my funeral to be like a paintball tournament and I'm in the middle. I'm the flag. <laughs> you know, you got to get me into your zone. Capture the casket. Yeah. yeah. There it is. <laughs> Whoever drags Jim's corpse back to their home base first wins. Yeah. Like I'm the body on like, you know, World War II. You drag the guy Put back you on to a your stretcher. lines. Yeah, okay. totally. <laughs> A paintball or tournament. Like a, or maybe a golf golf I, tournament. And you could be like the closest to the keg and be the closest to the casket. Closest <laughs> to the gym. <laughs> you let options. me know. I will make sure it happens for you, pal. Yeah, I got to write this down for sure. <laughs> Leave it in my wallet. <laughs> I've played in memorial golf tournaments before, but never anything like that. It would be, probably be a little more tasteful if you were cremated and you did closest to the urn. Closest to the urn would be fun. <laughs> yeah, maybe a couple weeks after the actual funeral. And then everyone goes back to the uh, the clubhouse for the 19th hole after, and it's party time! <laughs> we love you! We love you, yeah. love you yeah. I'm getting a little hungry looking at this video, Jim. <laughs> Isn't it awesome? Most Canadian thing ever. Matthew Joseph is a forward for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Over the weekend, he had the Stanley Cup and decided to use the uh, the top portion of the Stanley Cup to prepare some poutine. Oh, yeah. And he made it. Like, he put the poutine together in the cup so it would be fresh, right? Yeah, it's not like they did it in, like, a styrofoam container and then put it when it was and all together. It in. They put the, the fries in first, then the cheese curds, then the gravy. I, I think a little too much gravy. At one point, he had to wave the gravy man off because it was like... <laughs> It was in like a five-gallon pail, so it was like coming in pretty hot. Yeah, the the, <clears throat> the trick is you add gravy slowly in moderation. You can always put more gravy on. Yeah, right? you can't take it out, though. It's a lot more difficult to take the gravy out. Yeah, I got the audio here. Oh. I guess the audio is never about <laughs> Just listen to country music. <laughs> Just a party. Because you can't really hear them. <laughs> what, do you think we were going to hear gravy splash yeah, in there? Yeah, I thought he was going to be like, mm-mm, that's some good poutine or something, <laughs> but no. <laughs> Just, you got to love the kids hanging around the Stanley Cup, too. Cheers, you guys. Uh, 
There we go. Yeah, I guess the cup's making the rounds in Quebec right now, so he's one of the Quebec players. Who- what do you mean the kids? Like, is is Matthew uh, Joseph a kid? He's 24 years old. Or are there little kids? The little kids who are, like, invited to the parties. I don't know if they're family members or just, like, neighborhood kids or what's up. Oh, but, what a big uh, moment. Yeah, absolutely. I've Like, when I was a kid, I would see it when it would come to the arena or something. You could maybe take a picture beside it. But, like, to actually be part of a party with the Stanley Cup. Eating cool. French fries and gravy <laughs> out of it? Yeah. Your buddies at school would be so jealous. What what are other great Stanley Cup foods? What else could you eat out of there? I guess anything really that you'd serve in a bowl. Mm-hmm. You could do spaghetti and meatballs. Sure, some chicken noodle soup. Uh huh. Just the big ladle. Down <laughs> serve it out of there. <laughs> chicken noodle soup. I mean, I feel like uh, I feel like a big bowl of honeycombs would be good for me. You know. I, that's an indulgence of mine. You know, when you're an adult, when you have a big, big old bowl of honeycomb. some sugary cereal, yeah. Captain Crunch. Yeah, the day after, I if I had the cup for 24 hours, I'd probably eat every meal out of there. Oh yeah, <laughs> fettuccine Alfredo, <laughs> spaghetti and meatballs. Sure. Could you do nachos? It would be tough. Mm, yeah, the ones at the bottom would be crunched by the time you got there. But the guy with the white gloves might object to you. Uh, Putting the Stanley Cup in the oven at 350 for <laughs> 20 minutes. <laughs> Warm those things up. Yeah. Sports time. We are joined by Mike Stubbs from Global News Radio in this week for Devin Peacock, who's on vacation. Stubbs, baseball cards, better than Bitcoin. Right now, you'd have to say a pretty good investment if you happen to own the rare 1909 to 11. T206 Honus Wagner baseball card. What do you think this thing just went for? Million. Honus Wagner. I've never heard the name before. Two uh, million. Well, he was he was the flying Dutchman. It sounds like a sex thing. <laughs> Three million. <laughs> he was <laughs> the flying no, Dutchman. Only on your anniversary, honey. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was among the first five players ever to go into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Nothing, nothing else. Just, just that he was hmm. a baseball player. Played for the Pirates and uh, was really good at the plate. Won eight batting titles. And obviously, uh, a very rare card. Very rare card because you have to go back to when card collecting wasn't all that popular in 1909 to 11. So Honus Wagner's baseball card yesterday just broke the record for highest selling sports card. This is according to ESPN's Dan Hadaki. Six. Point six zero six million dollars. That other zero six, I think, is pretty important for breaking the record. Six point six zero six million. Wow! For a little piece of paper. Mm. How many moms threw out their sons' Honus Wagner cards back in the day? Yeah, hey, I remember the story. My grandmother threw out all the baseball and hockey cards that my dad and his brothers had. I'm not sure there was a Honus Wagner in there. But uh, that would have been like 1950s stuff. I'd like to see that right now. Uh, do, I, do I go to the landfill? Is, is that still a possibility? <laughs> Stubbs frantically digging through garbage. <laughs> it's in here somewhere. Grandpa said there's a Honus Wagner in the dump. <laughs> <laughs> the anonymous buyer uh, has apparently paid the money. And this card, actually in October 2020, same kind, but it was it was not as pristine, I guess. Only went for one point four million. So just shows that 
that's kind of on the rise. That was in October 2020. Don't throw out your kids' stuff, moms. It's going to be worth money someday. I wish I put all my cash in comic books, Nintendo games, and Honus Wagner rookie cards back in the day. Now, Taz, are you buying your kids toys that they're not allowed to open? Are you are you doing that yet, keeping them in the package so that one day they'll be very valuable? It's more fun to play with them while they're in the box, right? <laughs> of course it is. Yeah, I want, I want Grayson to be a 40-year-old virgin. <laughs> <laughs> but an 80-year-old millionaire. <laughs> On my drive to work, I saw a guy who was asking for money in the intersection, and when people turned him down, he was, he was m- fake punching them. Like miming, he was going to punch them. He's doing like spinning elbows towards their windshields and stuff like that. Thought about calling the cops, but I didn't. Did I make the right decision or the wrong decision? We've got Calvin on the phone. What are your thoughts? I'm a police officer in the, in the uh, province of Ontario. Okay. So I thought I could probably set a little light on this, like educate everybody a little bit at the same time. Yeah, what, so, what should I have done in that scenario? Well, calling it in was definitely a good idea. But I wouldn't have called 911 in that situation. The so, non-emergency uh, line? Yeah, non-emergency line is the way to go. Because, uh, like you said, you never know if that person is going to start attacking other cars or if there's a bigger problem going to be arise about it, right? So call the non-emergency uh, line. Yeah, definitely. Now, when you call uh, that number, like, do I have to give my information when I call? Yeah, uh, well, you don't have to, but it's... They usually ask for it, right? Because it's good to have complaining information. Okay. They might ask you for your name, but it's not always necessary, especially if you're just calling because you think there might be an issue later on. Right. Well, thanks for keeping us safe out there in the province of Ontario, Calvin. Oh, no problem. Thanks for for the chat. I get a little nervous given my information in that situation. I don't want to be called as a witness. <laughs> <laughs> I you were say just in case there's some warrants out there for your name you were aware of. I don't want to have to sit in that witness box. Is the man who was pretending to punch windshields in this courtroom today? <laughs> no, you would love to do the lineup thing where you show up in the two-way that, mirror I thing. would That'd like cool. to do the lineup. If he can't see me, I'm yeah. all in. But if I have to stare him in the eyes and point <laughs> at him... Ugh. This guy's lucky that he he didn't try this and and the person driving the car was a UFC fighter because this seems to be happening more and more. Mm -hmm. Uh, A while back, we told you about Derek Lewis, who is a great character in the UFC. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why'd you take your pants off? My balls was hot. I understand. (laughs) Derek Lewis caught a guy breaking into his car. He was in the gym working out and he saw a guy breaking into his car. He ran out, caught the guy, and uh, some UFC justice mm-hmm. followed. And it's happened again. Uh, last week, UFC fighter Jordan Williams was at a gas station. He was going inside to pay. This is in Denver, and he noticed someone jump into his Honda Civic. Oh, boy. He ran over, and I'll let him explain what happened next. So I run up, and the guy, he's backing away. He's looking at me like, this is happening. Got your car. Like, like no remorse at all. But the only reason he wasn't able to go is because he didn't know how to work the parking brake. So I was literally, like, seconds away from losing my car. I punched the guy a couple of times. At that point, he was saying he's sorry. I wish I was able to <laughs> apprehend him and, like, you know, not to do more damage, but, you know, just to control the scene and make sure that he's not out there doing the same thing. He's- so the guy ended up getting away, but not before uh, Jordan Williams 
gave him a couple UFC haymakers. Yeah, he got a couple in there on him. <laughs> and he's released, Jim, you should pull the, post this on the Taz and Jim Facebook page. He's released the security camera footage from the gas station. Yeah, I was just I was just pulling it up here. And they can't he didn't even lock his door, man. Jordan Williams didn't even lock his door. Well, do you lock your door when you go in from to pay for gas? I usually yes, don't. I do. You always do. Yeah, I've seen these videos too many times. I mean, if I was a and UFC you're not fighter, a UFC I, fighter yeah. exactly. If I could win a fight, I probably wouldn't. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, just a little deterrent out there. You never know when the car you're targeting belongs to a UFC fighter. <laughs> I took Grayson and signed him up for karate yesterday. That was fun. No way. Yeah, took him to karate class. Oh, that's amazing. Did you do karate ca- class when you were a kid? Yeah, I did, yes. Yeah, me too. I didn't excel. Like, I didn't uh, enter tournaments or anything, but I did. I think I got my orange belt. Hmm. That was about enough. I failed my yellow test and uh, didn't go back. I thought you couldn't fail. Well, I... As long as your parents pay, don't you Maybe that was it. Maybe that was it. (laughs) Your parents told you that you failed because they have six kids and they... Paying for karate classes was sending them into bankruptcy. I thought karate would be like, you learn how to punch people and you punch and kick people all day, but it was almost like... um, it was almost like a dance routine where you have to be like, remember your poses, and then you have to like go home and practice your poses, and I hated homework, so I didn't remember any of the poses yeah. during test time. Tiger? Tiger pose. Yeah. So oh. is he pumped or what? Does he have his little gi? Uh, no, he's too young for the gis, but he did get a belt last night, a white belt. Cool. And, uh, and yeah, we'll be going back today. Dad was a little disappointed because I have been binge-watching uh, Cobra Kai. <laughs> I was I was kind of hoping I was signing him up for the evil karate dojo. You want him in the evil one? Yeah, enough of this Miyagi Do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Defend yourself, come on. You want someone strike on the offense? First and strike hard <laughs> is what I've always said. <laughs> that show probably has like sparked a, a new generation of interest. Right? Oh, in, probably. In and the original Karate Kid it most certainly did. Hey. If a 25-minute full-on karate brawl breaks out at your kid's high school, you want them to be prepared. (laughs) And uh, we hate to say I told you so, but we did predict this, that once uh, COVID started to decline and people were allowed out of their homes, Jim, Mm -hmm. it would be a total (laughs) F-fest. Yeah. And I, I can't speak for around here, but... In Alberta, apparently things going a little wild. Here's a headline. Horrifying number of syphilis infections in Alberta reaching pre-antibiotic levels. Uh-oh. The highest rates we've seen since the 1940s. Oh, boy. Before antibiotics were introduced, when says a specialist. When syphilis all the rage. <laughs> People used to die from syphilis. Well, you still could if yeah. you don't get treatment. Jeez, man. I guess people are just throwing caution to the wind. I guess if you've been wearing a mask and, you know, all these health mandates, you're, you know, uh, using antibacterial spray for everything. Maybe people are just like, I'm sick of any prophylactic. They want to get down and dirty. Let's go. Almost half the cases of syphilis were in Edmonton. So if you've got a business trip out to Edmonton, just a heads up and maybe keep your head down. (laughs) Which had three times as many uh, as were reported in Calgary. So three times the 
the uh, provincial average. Edmonton has one of the highest syphilis rates in Canada. Um, without treatment, syphilis may attack major organs, resulting in death. So, Jeepers. if you think uh, maybe you got syphilis, call your doctor. I wonder how many Edmonton Oilers have had to deal with this. I'm thinking, like, because you know when when people get locked up, that's you know, ground zero for the but, syphilis outbreak. But, you know, when everybody was locked, you know, in their homes for a while, you'd think the syphilis would be gone. Kind of like how there was very few few flu cases. Yeah, apparently, but you'd think the syphilis cases would be down. So I don't know how they where they were festering for a while, just huh. waiting for the opportunity. <laughs> and Connor McDavid. Uh, we can't. That we don't know if that's true. No, Could have been one of his teammates, mm-hmm. but definitely an Edmonton Oiler <laughs> <laughs> in the farm team for sure. You know, in 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 factually, um, doctors are saying it's the popularity of social media apps being oh. used for dating uh, for the the cause of the surge in syphilis in Alberta. Hmm. Well, you know, you take the good with the bad. Right? Sure. People are going out there living their lives. They sure are. <laughs> Having some fun and getting some pills afterwards. Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or... Subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.